This is episode number 114. Am I playing a big game with my life and career? With Grant Parr. Welcome. My name is Oleg Loki, and this is the Overcoming Outs Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a brief announcement regarding our weekly virtual meetup called Courageous Conversations. This is an opportunity that we chose to create four to five weeks ago that would give us a chance to further connect with our community. These are weekly conversations that we host through Zoom, through which each and every single one of us is able to contribute to a topic that is most relevant to who we are. If you'd like to know more information on how to join this particular tribe, go ahead and leave us a message by going to our website, and that is overcomingodds.today. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Odds podcast. Today's guest is someone that I've been fortunate enough to meet through my extended family, and that is called the LinkedIn. And him and I had a conversation, I think it's been three or four, maybe even a couple months ago that you and I spoke. And I wanted to have you on the show to give you a chance to share a little bit more about your story and the different elements of it that you shared with me, because I think there's a lot of wisdom and insights that people can gain from that. So, Grant, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be on your show and, and share my thoughts, and uh, let's go. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you being on here. And the way that I typically start off the show for any of those that are listening to this particular episode is I like to ask our guests this uh, rather loaded question that I think we get asked probably too often, and that is, who are you? You know, I love that question because when I'm working with athletes and performers, I always ask that question to to them because I mm-hmm. need to let they need to know that what they do is different from who they are. Mm-hmm. And so when you ask that to me, I, what comes up for me, who I am, I'm a joyous human being. It's, it's about being joyful. But beyond that, I'm I'm a husband, I'm a brother, um, I'm a musician. You know, I, I want to say that I'm, I am a mental performance coach, but that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so much more than that. So, um, and where I came from, what I used to be, I, I used to be a quarterback. I used to be um, all these things that made me who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and they're still a part of my fabric. Mm-hmm. But I have just realized that, that all those things, being a quarterback, being popular, all these things that were, that fueled my identity, those are things that I, that, I did. They weren't who I was. Mm -hmm. So when you ask that, I mean, for me, who I am, I'm just a joyful human being that just gets to share my energy more Mm -hmm. than anything. Mm -hmm. How do you choose to tell that story and more so make the difference in your mind as far as, and I just had a, a conversation like this prior to you and I having this recording. And that is, you know, I recently had a breakthrough, breakthrough in understanding that we as human and as human beings are just First of all, we're incredible actors, right? And some of us have been able to develop abilities when it comes to when you ask someone, what is your story? 
they'll tell you the story of their past. Others will tell you the story of their present. And then others will tell you their story of their future, what they envision themselves being. So in, in your case, how did you come to that point as far as understanding that, okay, all the things in my past, even though they're still part of who I am, but that may not be the story that I want to live. Again, another, another great question. I, I think there's, at least I'm going to speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I have all different kinds of story. I don't have one story. You know, I have, mm-hmm. a, I have a story of success. I have a story of struggle. I have a story of failures and they all interconnect and, and make this overall arcing, you know, story that I live. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't live in my past. I, I, I've reflected enough on my past where I've gotten enough uh, lessons mm-hmm. that I'm all about the now. Like, I want to be great. I want to be excellent. I want to be the best version of myself. None of that exists in the future, nor does it exist in the past. Mm. So my, my story is now. Um, but I'm doing things to position myself for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, do I, do I look into the future? I do, but not in a way of that that most people would think, because I I don't teach about pre living or living in the future. I, I visualize, mm-hmm. you know, I set my goals and I call them, get you know, goal getting, not not setting goals, but to get your goals. Well, to get them, you gotta do things now mm-hmm. to actually prepare for the future. So or mm-hmm. get into the future. So, um, it's a great question. I just think that um, my story is about now. It's about mm-hmm. all the things that have happened to me that I've learned from so I can be now be mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And, you know, the reason why I asked that is because I think it is a challenge for some of us to be in the now because there's so much focus. And I think depending on the, especially depending on the circumstances, right? If you're going through the hardship, it, it's hard to just be in the moment and let the things flow through you and understand them as they're coming in. And, and focusing so much on the future. And that is, how do I get through this? Like, what's the fastest way for, for me to get through X, Y, and Z so I don't have to experience this again? Right, right. And I think that's the biggest challenge of it all is choosing to stay present with it. It is. <clears throat> I think um, there are many ways to achieve of not only getting into the now and staying in the now, Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean, right now, I mean, being, I mean, f- being focused on one thing now, like in 2020 mm-hmm. after six, seven seconds, man, we get, we get distracted. So mm-hmm. how do we actually stay in the now? And, and for me, it's, it's all about breath. It's all about breath. It's all about checking your energy and how you talk to your thoughts. I mean, our brain is crazy. It's a beautiful thing though. So that's what gets us out of, and, and our emotions as well, but it gets us out of the now. Mm-hmm. So if we get something that's negative or something that's distracting, we've got to talk to it. We've got to really learn, like, what is that inner dialogue? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And, and how empowered can we make ourselves to get into that best practice? When we, where we want to get in the now or stay in the present, we have to talk to our thoughts, not listen mm-hmm. to them. Because when you listen to them, you become in the effect of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take us a little bit step back and dive a little bit deeper into the first portion that you had mentioned as far as who you are. And you, you mentioned the journey that you went through as far as being a quarterback and the different things that you and I had discussed during our initial phone call mm-hmm. and help us paint a picture around that. And, and the moment where you decided that, okay, there, there's more to this or there are other ways that I can look 
at these experiences. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I hope I can give you the cliff notes of, <laughs> of my experience because it, it can be long. But, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you think about, you know, my younger youth, teenage years, um, I was developing my love and craft for um, being a quarterback and playing the game of American football. And so as I was doing that, I, I had a great career all the way. I mean, my life was great. My family was great. My friends uh, girlfriends that I had, the experiences, the accolades, everything was great. Everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved the sport. I loved everything it gave, it, gave me. But um, I had a career-ending injury. I had an injury that actually happened to me in my sophomore year in junior college that I played through. And I played through my junior year um, when I played for Sonoma State, Division II college in California. And by the end of my junior year, I was, I was broken. Like my, my hip was, was falling apart. My right shoulder was, was, I had to get that redone. It was at that moment where I didn't have a choice. I didn't get to choose to leave the game. And that's Mm -hmm. what frustrated me. And that frustration, it got bigger and bigger and overwhelming. And it turned into all this negative stuff over two decades, along with the career ending injury. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I wasn't that choice. I, my, my body told me that I couldn't play the game that I love so much and that I, I dedicated so much time. And over, I don't know, 17 years, this, uh, this hip injury that I got or that I experienced uh, developed massive bone spurs, arthritis, bone on bone. And uh, I walked with a severe limp and couldn't do a lot of things that I couldn't do anymore that I used mm-hmm. to do. And so I had to live a different life. And I went through a lot of depression, a lot of identity issues. Um, when anybody want to talk about football, touchdowns I threw, records we broke together, I just, I, I, I wasn't interested. I was done with that. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be that anymore. And so, uh, which is so funny that I did not want to be that anymore, but I had a conversation that lasted for two decades that I just want to be the old Grant. I just want to mm-hmm. be the old Grant. Why can't I be the old Grant? Well, after two hip replacements on the same hip, one of them leaving me uh, handicapped for four years. When I got my body back, when I got everything sound, that was the conversation. That was the moment where it's not about being the old Grant. It's all about it's redesigning a new Grant. That's exciting. I get to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's like, and that's a huge statement when you say I get to do anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. You don't even have to do this podcast, but you, mm-hmm. you get to do it. So mm-hmm. when you get to a, a, a decision or a mindset of saying to yourself, I get to do anything. That's where I was like, oh, I get to redesign who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and that was when my life changed. I got myself back into control. And then I started to do this work and go back to school and, and get my master's in sports psychology. But that's when there was a humongous shift in my life. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you see athletes that are possibly in a similar track that you've been on? You know... If I'm, it's, it's one thing to, to see it and witness it. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing be, is to build trust and rapport and empathy. I mean, if you're really, cause this stuff can be very touchy emotionally. Some people probably are not, are not generally speaking, you don't know who they are, where they come from, but maybe they're not comfortable talking about it or don't know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So that's why the empathy and the trust and rapport is huge, you know, and that's why I love what I've gone through, like as much as it sucked, what I went through for two years, I mean, it was shitty, 
but I love it that I did it. Now I can tell the story. Now I can help the athletes. Um, you know, and some people are, when they're ready, they're ready. Um, some people like me, if you would have came up to me, you know, when I was in my late twenties, early thirties, maybe I didn't want to, I didn't even want to talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. I was shut down. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I just think that, you know, everybody's ready when they're ready, but you just got to really focus on that trust, rapport and empathy. Mm -hmm. You are so spot on though, as far as having your own words and your own language when it comes to that. Right. I think oftentimes we, we think that there is this universal language. And I, I think to a degree that might be true as far as the principles that are available to each and every single one of us, but the inner dialogue that we have to go through as far as what am I ready to share? Yeah. How deep can I go? And then from there, I, I know I struggled with that for a while. And the, the thing that I struggled with the most was what's the value? What's the point? Right. What's the point of sharing that? And then from there, just understanding that the point of sharing is not even necessarily that you might be able to help one other person, which is great, but it's also like you're also helping yourself heal. And through that journey, you're bound to connect with at least one other individual who has experienced a similar set of circumstances and events in your life that they can say, oh, me too. You know, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. And I've come across a lot of people. Um, I also think, and I'll share a quick story that just happened to me last night, actually. Mm -hmm. But what you're talking about is um, it's, it's vulnerability. Mm -hmm. It's, and I'm going to quote Brene, Brene Brown, but she talks about, you know, when you are vulnerable, you're courageous. And when you're courageous, you're brave. And, mm -hmm. you know, for years, society has kind of deemed that word as a, as a weak Mm -hmm. word and it's not and so and there's many many different ways and forms of vulnerability and i think that's that's where i had to get to a point is to be vulnerable with my emotions my thoughts and my body and and reframe the whole experience which is really crazy last night there was a individual that i played sports against all through youth mm -hmm. all through high school um and he's same age and he used to be a professional baseball player and we're telling each other's story. We got, we got reconnected last night. His story is almost identical to mine, mm -hmm. like with his health and um, hip replacements, knee replacements, and things he's gone through. So um, like you're saying, like these, these things help us connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And um, they're powerful because we're, we're all here for each other. To me, we're here to share energy. And that's yeah. what we were doing last night. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that as you were speaking that came to my mind and the different um, injuries that you went through is the labels, right? Labels is such an important part of, I guess to some people like how we view others. And so I'm curious to know when you were going through all of this and probably some of the labels that you either consciously chose for yourself or that were picked for you by the society, such as handicapped or you know, not being able to perform to that degree, or once upon a time you were a quarterback, well, now you're not. How do you deal with that? And, and do you remember that journey at all as far as Man. going through it and, and trying to understand that, hey, I'm, I'm so much more than that, than that one event, than that one thing? You know, it's, it's probably, one of, the, probably the, one of the best questions been asked to me uh, about this because I've been on a lot of podcasts and 
and even on my own podcast, we talk about this as well. And, mm-hmm. and never have I explored this. And because labels are, you know, they, they can be damaging. And yeah. um, so through that whole process to answer the back end of your question, um, all the labels that I had for me that I was making up and all the meaning that I was making and what people were saying, I didn't, I couldn't see that I was bigger because I, I started to connect with it negatively. I started to believe it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard for me to kind of rise above the occasion and say, no, I'm, I'm bigger than this. I have, it took me two decades to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But the labels, to answer the front part of your question, the labels were, um, were damaged, uh, has been, can't do it anymore, um, weak, uh, handicapped, um, former, like former, former, mm-hmm. you know, just a former. Um, they were, I don't know if I said weak. Less than, less than mm-hmm. came up a lot. Um, I had people call me, uh, just make like they were being funny, like they thought they were being funny, but they didn't realize it. Then not only was it breaking my soul, but it was like really breaking my heart because I used to be the, I used to be the man. I wasn't the man. I wasn't the man anymore. I didn't know how to be the man, but they were, they were just, they called me crippled. Um, they called me a hippie, meaning it's my hip. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I think what hurts me the most, and it wasn't a, a hurtful thing that I heard. They weren't, mm-hmm. anybody wasn't trying to be hurtful when they said this. They were actually trying to share their empathy with me. But at multiple times throughout my life, I've had so many people say, you know, it hurts to see you walk. Mm. And I'm like, you don't even know what it, like, you, it hurts you to see me walk. It hurts me. Like it's more than just the, my gait and the way that I'm walking and the, and the pain that I had in my hip. It's my soul. Like I'm fractured. That's another label. I'm, I'm cracked. I'm fractured. I'm broken. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny now that I do this work, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's broken. I don't think anybody needs to be fixed because we're all a big bag of shit. I mean, we, we, all, have a, we, we all have something. Even when yeah. we're like – we're thriving and shit's awesome, man. We're like, we're doing it. We still got shit to deal with. We still have stuff. And, um, which I love because it keeps us going. It keeps us honest, keeps us aware. Um, but that I just felt broken. Um, and I've learned, man, I was never broken, man. I just, that was one thing I learned about my hip was because my hip was, was broken, was wrong, Mm -hmm. damaged. That meant everything about me was, that's why all those labels came up for me. Mm-hmm. So what I learned after two decades was everything around it, everything around it is perfect. So focus on that. Don't focus on what, what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Mm-hmm. Like right now, my body's great. I have, I'm having some ailments in my left elbow. Never had an elbow problem in my life. But now that I've went through my hip, I'm not really focusing on this, all this pain that's in my elbow because I have everything around it that's good. Mm-hmm. So I'm not labeling myself like, oh, I'm getting old. You know, mm-hmm. here's the old guy feeling old stuff. You know, whatever that that dialogue is, I'm, I have a different dialogue. I have a different relationship on how to deal with pain and how I look at my. Um, I'm not labeling, labeling myself. So. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's a really interesting point for many different reasons. I think the first one is just the power of our inner dialogue, right? And not allowing certain labels to define us for who we are and who we can be. And what I've learned to the point that you were making as far as looking as someone, in my case, it was, you know, an orphan or didn't have parents, um, couldn't speak English, all those things as opportunities to grow into. And not necessarily to even prove people wrong that I can do those things, but more so just tell myself that those may not even be the things that I associate myself with. Those may not even be the things that I truly know myself for. And so having that inner dialogue that continues to remind you for who you truly are is extremely important. But the challenge that becomes in that, in, especially in the process of it, is building that inner belief yeah. that you can flip the script, that you can rewrite the narrative. Yep. Because if all you're surrounded by are people who are constantly saying, hey, less than, or you're not the man you used to be, or you're handicapped, or you're crippled, how do you break away from that? Right. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And, and, and a lot of that um, energy and, and that language, it, it creates, well, you have a choice. And I had the choice, but I, choose, I chose it to, to create negative belief systems about myself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the belief systems, I mean, if you keep on believing, they, I mean, there's neural pathways that get, that get grooved in your mind, um, in your brain, that you just, it, it, whenever something comes up, like as soon as I get like in front of a, uh, you know, a, a group of people, I, I instantly start going negative. That Why would they listen to me? I'm crippled. I'm damaged. I can't even walk up straight to the podium. Like mm-hmm. all this stuff, because I've, I've let all these things form my belief systems was turned into negative belief systems. And one that I want to share with you that I'll be vulnerable with your listeners, mm-hmm. even before I hurt my, my leg or my hip, um, as a kid, I always felt that I wasn't smart enough. Mm-hmm. And throughout my whole life, I, was, I went through this whole negative belief system that I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't smart enough. And when you go through what I went through, like your body's damaged, you don't feel like the man anymore then you get to this point where like you go through all that shit and you're not smart enough, mm-hmm. man, it's hard to be confident. It's hard to be, like live a thriving life. So I got rid of that negative belief, negative belief system about a, I don't know, five years ago ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm done with it. Like I'm done with that. And here's the thing that's so crazy about that. When I reframed it, right. I don't know if you know American football, but the hardest position of pretty much in all sports is playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. How stupid was I? I played it. I played it for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, it took me up until my, up to close to my forties to realize I'm like, man. And then I went back to school and I started getting straight A's in, in my master's program. So it just, um, it's funny how these, the inner dialogue, which you're talking about mm-hmm. the inner critic. Um, it's important that we actually talk to it we control it. Um, it's always going to be there. Negativity is always going to be there. We just got to be self-aware and have different dialogue, positive dialogue, mm-hmm. and be willing to reframe situations mm-hmm. um, and be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. What makes that position so difficult? What makes what difficult? Be, being a quarterback, the hardest position on the field, 
or one of the hardest? It, um, you, you are responsible for everyone on the field. Um, you, you're, everybody wants to tackle you. That's, that's the main thing. Everyone's coming at you. You have to, you're the one that starts and stops everything for the most part. You're, you're the leader. Everyone's looking at you. You call the plays, you start the play. You're the person that has the ball in your hands more than anybody on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you have to do a few different things at one time. You're having, you have to read the defense. You're having people come at you. You have to have good feet. You have to move. You have to think, you have to move and think at the same time. And, uh, when you think about the, the com- complexity of offenses, especially, mm-hmm. especially at the NFL level, if you ever looked in, in a playbook, it takes, if you didn't know the language, sometimes it would take about 15 to 30 seconds just to call a play, just because it's how long they are. Wow. Um, so you have to remember, like, not only you have to, like, understand, see the play, know the play, know what everyone has to do on every single play, mm-hmm. and – what happens is in the middle of a play, when the defense changes, mm-hmm. well, depending what system you are, you have to change the play like that. And you have to know where everybody's going to move when they move. So it, it's, um, you've got to be on your toes and you got to mm-hmm. be smart and you got to know the game and you've got to literally dedicate. Um, some, some people can just, they're innate. They, they just pick up things quick. Mm-hmm. But even if you are, there's so much of the game of football, it's science. So, um, and that makes it hard, but it makes mm-hmm. it really rewarding when you've done the work and everything gels. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered that, you know, here I am, someone who doesn't play football, but yet I'm probably the hardest critic when it comes to it. And I look at teams like New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, and right. here I am yelling and screaming and throwing over my bowl of popcorn for them not winning the title as if it was easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> as right. if it's something that are like, well, they're expected to do it. Like, why aren't they doing it? Mm-hmm. but rarely do I have a conversation like this with someone who has played it and trying to understand just the intricacies of that game. I mean, that just like you mentioned, the play, it's not only you're, you're calling out a play to one person. You're calling out a play to every receiver, your running back, the protection of your offensive line, and, totally. and then from there you might also throw in an audible just in case. You know, and it's, and, and I just always wondered like, what does that take to even know? Is it strictly memorization or is it combination of the two, you know, memorizing the playbook and then just also understanding because depending on where you are in the game as well, sometimes I don't know how it works and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, it is the quarterback that makes that, that makes that call. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if it's a, it, I don't know, within the, tw- in the red zone in fourth quarter. And especially like, what if there's a headset problem and the head coach can't get to you? That's yeah. completely you then. Totally. Also too, and I'll answer your question here real quick, but you know, when we talk about being vulnerable, when the, there's another form of vulnerability, being vulnerable with your play, like trusting yourself in, in a crazy situation like, especially if you haven't done well all game, like, and the ball is in your hand, like, yeah. do you be vulnerable and trust yourself, you know, but we'll, we'll take, you know, what you were saying, you're in the red zone. Um, let's say the headset's down. Let's say that the play was called by the coach, but you see something different and you're like, ah, I gotta go. I gotta go to my wide receiver to the corner of the end zone. 
And mm-hmm. it's not going to be a running play. It's going to be, I'm going to throw the ball. Well, that's being very vulnerable. And you're also trusting yourself. But what if it doesn't go well? Yeah. What if you throw an interception? Like, like Russell Wilson did, right? A couple of years uh-huh. ago on the goal line to the, to, to the Patriots. And so and someone else might get fired. Someone might process. get fired. You might lose the job. Like there's a lot of stuff. That's why it's, it's the, the quarterback position is um, it's, there's a lot more than just doing the job. There's so much more that's connected emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. spiritually. Um, but to answer the, the to your initial question, for the quarterback to be effective and good and elite, mm-hmm. it's all about reps. I mean, when I mean reps, and I say this repetition equals realization. So if you want to, if you want something to be realized and, mm-hmm. and real for you, but realized, you have to rep it out. And repping it out doesn't mean physical reps. We're talking physical me- reps, mental reps, film reps, mm-hmm. even writing down. Like it's like there's multiple different facets of of trying to train the brain to have Mm -hmm. it absorb and get sunked in or soaked in because there's moments when if you're so dialed in like you know your your playbook you know the approach you know the plan for the week soon as like one thing moves you know exactly what to do and that's Mm -hmm. actually beautiful that's like when you're in sync where you just see the one person take a goes up you know goes out they call it technique so when a defensive player on the defensive line moves into a different technique, you know exactly like, oh my gosh, you just did that. We're going to do this right now. Like mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's a chess match, mm-hmm. but you have to be mentally and physically and emotionally totally trained to actually be the best chess player when you're playing football. Mm-hmm. Not to go into too much of a, a sports yeah. podcast that we're going through right, right. now, but <laughs> I'm just curious to know, in your opinion, what is the biggest difference between a Tom Brady and anyone else like what is he doing supposedly so differently than 30 or 31 other quarterbacks um yeah you know it's again that's another great question I think from my perspective and it's got to be more than being a graduate of University of Michigan oh right (laughs) totally it is it's more than that I think so when you think about his makeup um his again physical mental emotionally spiritual makeup he's he's his will to his will to win is it's incredible but what fuels the will and it's discipline he's disciplined mm-hmm. and and he not only holds himself accountable to the commitment of being the, the best football player out there but he holds everybody else now are other quarterbacks doing that yeah they are um but I think with him, you know, this is where other things come into play, right? Mm-hmm. He's in a great system. He's, um, he's got great, he's had great players. Now there's times where he hasn't had the best players around him. He makes players good. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, when you have other dynamics, when you're, ha- when you have a winning culture, listen, sometimes it's hard to thrive in a losing culture. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how good you are. Mm-hmm. So he's had, he's had great culture, great support system, great system along with his his discipline that guy is he's 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 a phenomenon when it comes to his craft i mm-hmm. mean he's um the way he treats his body i mean look look i mean look at his whole program his whole process mentally physically mm-hmm. everything has taken him to be 42 years old he still can play the game now everyone's kind of like questioning if he should retire or not listen 
he's he's better than most of the quarterbacks right now. Yeah. And he's still he's 42. So mm-hmm. I mean so I think you know again not to be long-winded it's his his desire to win but his desire to 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 be great mm-hmm. and the commitment his discipline is just it's incredible. Mm-hmm. You know the reason why I ask all these questions is I recently started to read a book a couple of weeks ago and it's called The Art of Possibility. And it's a similar approach to what you and I are going through, except that the elements that he chooses to share, a lot of them has to do with uh, music. Mm-hmm. And so he talks from the point of view as a conductor and, a le- and the perceived leader that he was within that space. This is interesting because this is talking through the same exact elements, but it's yet it's using football, right? Yeah. And when I think of life, I think life is a game. And it's probably relatively similar to any other game that we have invented within this time frame, right? I mean, when I think of football, I and, and the point that you made as far as it's difficult to thrive within a losing environment, it's difficult to thrive within a negative environment, right? Yeah. Or an environment that's not serving your goals and aspirations. Yeah. So it's really not that much different from life. So what I'm curious to know is how have you been able to translate the different components that you've used within the game of football into this other game that each and every single one of us calls life? Right. You know, it's, um, uh, to be honest with you, I've, everything that I've gotten from football and sports as a mm-hmm. whole, but football um, is why I'm successful in life. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe if I didn't do sports and I did other things, you know, I can contribute like those things to where I am now. But it's because I played and dedicated myself not only to the game of football and coached it and been around it. Um, it's made me who I am today from a leadership standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, it's shaped my emotions. And, you know, we've talked about this, you and I outside, you know, even before the, the podcast about kind of mm-hmm. playing a big game. Well, playing a big game with my life, my career, my relationships, uh, just with myself, playing mm-hmm. a big game with my thoughts. It's like, man, that I had to tap into this, this warrior mindset, this competitor that I turned off years ago. Mm-hmm. So when I turned it back on and redesigned myself, that's because, because of the game of football and all the lessons that I got. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it taught me how to reignite myself and also to look at life as a game again and be excited for it. Mm-hmm. What have you done with it since? I, I know that you and I briefly spoke about the opportunities that you've created for kind of like working with other athletes um, and stuff like that. Is there anything beyond that that you'd like to share with some of the listeners that how? additional elements that you've translated that mindset yeah. into other forms? Well, when I'm, when I'm working with athletes, teams and coaches and also uh, corporations and executives, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that's just being in service is like playing a huge game. That's the best role you can ever be in is being in service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, uh, you know, having my podcast and sharing the content about, you know, the mental game and people's journeys that they've had with, um, with mental performance, uh, mm-hmm. writing a book called the next one up mindset, how to prepare for the unknown, um, 
recording more video content so people can get more access to not only my language and, and, and my energy, but just more mental skills. And mm-hmm. so, and there's going to be more things I'm going to be getting into throughout my life, but um, those are the things outside of being a mental performance coach that I've, I've been playing a bigger game. And, and the more that I'm open, like, and that's huge, like mm-hmm. being open to the universe, actually throwing out what you want to the universe and being open for it to come back. Trust mm-hmm. me, if I'm to your listeners that are listening right now, you want to see magic happen. You want to see like the way the universe can take <laughs> care of you, man, be vulnerable, show up in the moment and, and throw out what you want. Like, what do you want? Because when it comes back, let me tell you, it's, it's going to be tenfold and you'll have to learn how to say no. Yeah. Cause there's going to be so many things that are great things, but it might not line up to your, to your your values or where you want to go or your goals. So, and, but, and that's a great place to be in is to say no to things. To choose. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. To choose for sure. So mm-hmm. you are spot on with that as far as what I've learned and something that my dad has passed on to me is just half the game is just showing up, right? Participate. Yeah. I mean, literally. And yes, you may not receive a, a participation trophy at the end of the day, but just showing up as you are for part of it. That's really what it boils down to. Just like you said, put the cards on a table, let the universe see what the cards are. You know, it's you're playing an open hand. Don't hide the cards, put it out on a table and allow other people as well to see what's within your hand and what you're trying to build. And I think that's a really interesting aspect to go into life with and a mindset. He's just understanding that it is a game. Now, everything is an exchange of energy. It's how you communicate, but it's also how others will communicate with you. And you just never know the possibilities that might come up from that because you never know how others will choose to view you as who you are, Mm. right? Totally, totally. And I always say this, you know, show up, blow up. And mm-hmm. man, when you show up, when, when you're, when you're vulnerable, when you bring your effort and your attitude and you're intentional, man, like, and, and for me, when I say blow up, meaning like, like thrive, like just your frequent, your energy of you know, frequency of energy, just going nuts is because you've, you're in your breath, you're present, you've done, you know, for me, it's meditation, meditation and, and breath work and intentional work has allowed me to slow down my mind, calm my body. So when it's ready for me to explode and blow up, mm-hmm. you know, that allows me to show up in the moment and boom and, and, and go. Um, right now I'm, I know I'm passionate about what I'm talking about, my story, mm-hmm. but if you were to see me like in front of a team or in front of a keynote or working with an organization, I'm in, my energy's off, off the charts. Like I break dance when I'm in front of, I mean, it's hard because I'm, <laughs> I'm showing up and I'm blowing up, man. I'm like, because you know what? I don't know what tomorrow's going to be like, I and mean, I don't know how long I'm going to be on this earth. So, and because I spent two decades feeling like shit and, and playing a small narrow game mm-hmm. that I'm thriving in the moment. Now I want to play that. I want to seize the moment with my energy and uh, you know, my energy is my offering. So, and, mm-hmm. and, and I got that from my, actually from my, uh, my mentor, uh, he's, uh, he's all about energy. So I've, I've kind of like taken some things from him and injected it in me with when it comes to my energy. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, what's interesting about being in this particular space that you are in and that I'm, I'm in and so many others is that oftentimes we think that because we're in positions where other people can come to us and say, Hey, you know, you're supposed to have the answers or here's my question to you type of thing. Right. What, what's important is to understand that we're also human beings. So we also have mentors just like they have mentors and we also go to them and we say, Hey, I don't know this. Can you help me? And I think that's the biggest thing that sometimes goes unnoticed is that we also ask for help. Mm. You know, yeah. we don't, I don't think there is such thing as you figured it all out. No, you continue to figure it out. You continue to reinvent, evolve. And so there's no ending point to this whole journey. No. And, and like you said, figuring it out, it, you, you're figuring it out by, by being vulnerable, by asking. Yeah. Right? I mean, sure, you can figure some things out by yourself, but like, man, there's more ways than one to, to figure something out. So, yeah. um, and that's where, for me at least, when I hear people and they reach out, mm-hmm. I, I celebrate in it. I do. I'm like, man, thank you so much for reaching out. I can mm-hmm. only imagine how you feel right now, but you're in good hands. And when you say something like that, because someone's reaching out to find out a problem or an answer to the problem, or they're just, they need help or support. Mm -hmm. It's just a cool place to be in, to to be on the other side, to serve them. But, you know, not long ago, like with my mentor, I had some hangups that I was going through and I had to literally like hear myself say it. And I said it to him, I go, I need help. And I said it like that. I need help. I need help with this. And I'm sick of it. And he was like, all right, man, well, you're in a safe place. We'll, we'll get it done. And that, that might just seem easy to say, but when you're in your emotions and, and you're caught up in it, it's hard to, to be vulnerable and say, I need help. I'm like, yeah. whatever comes up for you, I'm weak or I can't, you know, I'm not smart enough to figure it out. No, like you said, we don't do it by, we don't get to where we want alone. We don't mm-hmm. do it by ourselves. Like people help us along the way and we got to be yeah. open to that. Mm-hmm. Final thought for today's episode, and this is a question that I ask a lot of our guests that come onto the show, and that is, how can you be a contribution to someone else's life today? Man, Oleg, you're you're just coming with all these great questions, <laughs> aren't you? Man. It's coming straight from the soul. You know, there's I think there's been multiple things that I've I've said. Um that can help, you know, contribute to someone's life and, and mm-hmm. to where they're at or where they want to go. Um, you know, I've said it before about playing a big game. I mean, that statement can mean different things for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter where you're at or what you're dealing with, like playing a big game is, is literally like be vulnerable, show up, um, know where you want to go and, mm-hmm. um, and, and be excited like when I say be excited, I know it's hard. Like, like when people are going through some shit right now, it's like, it's hard mm-hmm. for them to be excited. But let me tell you, one of the most beautiful things you can experience as a human is joy, mm-hmm. joyful and find those things, find your happy spot. I don't care what it is, what it makes you happy, get into that joyful moment. And that will allow you to kind of get into this like mindset of, of um, playing a big game mm-hmm. and, uh, and know that, you know what, here's something fail, man. Like, you have to fail to succeed. Um, mm-hmm. Be okay with failure and learn from the failure. Failure is feedback. 
And uh, we talked about inner dialogue, having different, mm-hmm. you know, different um, talking to our emotions. Instead of feeling down, which is usually what we feel at the energetic pull when we fail, let's fail up. When we succeed and win energetically, we go up. It's a natural high. Shoulders yeah. go up, our smile comes on, everything. So when we fail, let's fail up and fail forward. Mm, I love that. Grant, how do people find you and how do people get access to the book that you spoke of? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, well, you can find me on my website, which is gamefaceperformance.com. Uh, you can buy my book there and check out my podcast, 90% Mental, uh, or you can find 90% Mental, my podcast on any podcast uh, platform out there. Um, you can also buy my book on Amazon, and the book is called The Next One Up Mindset, How to Prepare for the Unknown. And if you want to follow me on uh, social media, mm-hmm. IG and Twitter is the same handle, which is GFP Mindset. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on LinkedIn under Grant Parr. Uh, Facebook. You can find me under Game Face Performance. Just starting out my YouTube channel, which is mm-hmm. just starting out. So you can find me um, under uh, Game Face Performance. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for sharing your story. And um, as you and I had connected initially, you know, there's like I told you before, there's a lot of wisdom and insights uh, to be learned from what you shared. And so I appreciate you giving us this mindset of what and how your experience playing football and all these other things that have happened in your life can be a part of who you are. So really the name of the game, no pun intended, is to embrace all the experiences, right? Not only look at the good ones and avoid the bad ones, but just say, hey, it happened, so what? What can I learn from it? Where are the takeaways? Where are the lessons? So I appreciate you sharing all that. Beautiful, man. I appreciate you having me on my show, man. This is great. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to join us on our weekly conversations every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Central Time called Courageous Conversations. This is an opportunity for you to further connect with this community and learn more about who you are. This is an opportunity for you to further dive into topics that matter most to you. If you'd like to know more information on how you can join this particular tribe, go ahead and leave us a message on overcomingodds.today. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next week.